0: What's up? Ray Woodson here, and we are back for episode five of Triples Alley Report. We've got a lot to get to on what becomes a season ending edition. Other teams are in the playoffs. That's just getting started. But the Giants are picking up the wreckage from another disappointing season in 2018. But uh, it's going to be a big offseason. We're going to be right here for it. And by the way, Triples Alley Report is not only new, but we are part of a new podcast network, Blue Wire. And I'm really excited about this because it's cool to get in on the ground floor of something. And I think they've got a a great idea going here, a great concept. And we'll try to make the execution as good as the concept. Uh, They're going to be launching in several cities and uh, here locally, several great podcasts to listen to. And you should check them out at BlueWirePods.com. Well, the Dodgers won their sixth straight National League West title Monday. Uh, That's thanks in no small part to the Giants who played doormats instead of spoilers over the weekend, and the Giants used two of their five September wins, five, count them, five, two of them against the Dodgers' closest pursuers, the Rockies. In one game over the weekend Friday night, the Dodgers benched 79 home runs and still beat the Giants in Madison Bumgarner 3-1. to The Giants didn't have 79 home runs in the entire lineup at that point. The Giants are much closer to the Padres than the Dodgers or Rockies at this point, finishing 73-89. and 89. And that's the big challenge for whoever the new general manager is going to be. Only setback for Dodger fans over the weekend who pretty much invaded at and Park were the group of uh, fans behind home plate who were booted by police on Friday night. I mean, they just took over the ballpark. The Dodgers came in and took the last lamp and TV set from at and Park. If I'm a season ticket holder, though, and, and it's the end of the year, and, yeah, it's the Dodgers and Giants, but the Giants really aren't playing for anything except for to be spoilers, and a Dodger fan comes along wants to back up the truck for my tickets, kind of make the, the season investment worthwhile, yeah, come on down. I don't care if we're wearing blue. I'm not going to be there. And so you saw a lot of people in blue uh, over the weekend at AT&T. Uh, to be fair about one thing, which doesn't mean I'll be unfair about everything else, but the Giants were within five games of the National League West lead for much of the season. Even at the start of September, they were 68 and 68, but Andrew McCutcheon had just been traded. Buster Posey was shut down for hip surgery. Brandon belt shut down for knee surgery and by September, the die was pretty much cast. You saw the way this team was going, and the Giants you saw at the end of the season were the shell of a 500 team. So no surprise, they fell down the stairs in September with a tidy 5-21 and record. Better for a while, but not nearly good enough. Uh, there were not a lot of great feelings from this season. Derek Rodriguez, definitely uh, a rookie surprise who looks like he's going to be part of the rotation for years to come. At least you hope so. You never know with young pitchers, but he looks pretty solid. And, of course, the departure of Hunter Pence. I mean, Pence likely played his last game as a giant Sunday, got all kinds of love for his six-and-a-half seasons here, which were certainly eventful. Though, uh, as a player, the shell of his former self, he's still the same guy. And that's where people were giving him the love on Sunday. So we have Hunter Pence saying goodbye to fans Big thanks to NBC Sports Bay Area for this. Saying goodbye, as always, and uh, giving folks hope. I mean, if this guy isn't a baseball player, he could be a motivational speaker.
1: Everybody says I'm a positive guy, and I like to think I'm I'm mostly positive, and I'm somewhat of a realist. I'm definitely optimistic. But there are some negative times, and there's some great gifts in negativity. I love the scientific fact that it takes a positive ion and a negative ion to create a light. That light is on its way with the likes of the young Derek Rodriguez, Andrew Suarez, Steven Duggar who got hurt playing his heart out in a clutch game when we were making a late push. We have a bright light coming and these guys are working their tails off for it. I promise you, this pain is creating a next group of great Giants baseball. I love all you guys. I'm gonna leave you with the last thing, one of my favorite quotes. The darkest hour of the night comes just before the dawn. You guys show unconditional love to us, and we appreciate that. The dawn is coming. Thank you so much for all the love, all the games. I hope you felt a little bit of the joy that I felt playing for you. I love you all. Thank you so much.
0: Look at Hunter Pence invoking English theologian Thomas Fuller. Either he was thinking of Thomas Fuller or the 60s pop song, dedicated to the one I love. I'm not sure. But since he's got us down that road, here are some more inspirational quotes. Life is too important to be taken seriously, said the great Oscar Wilde. You only live once, but if you do it right, once is enough, said Mae West. The mind is everything, what you think you become. Buddha, hell of a guy. Never let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game. Babe Ruth, hell of a guy. I love those who can smile in trouble, said Leonardo da Vinci. He did some things. Sometimes you're the windshield, sometimes you're the bug, wrote Mark Knopfler of Dire Straits in the 1991 song The Bug. Well, the Giants have been the bug for two and a half years now. But Hunter Pence, sometimes in a charming, bug-eyed way, kept the chin up. And that did not go unnoticed. Not in the clubhouse, not on the field, and not in the stands. Everyone you talk to with the Giants says Pence is one of their all-time favorites. He brought positivity that probably annoyed the hell out of cynics and iconoclasts, a guy who always kept it 100. Tim Flannery called him a gladiator, though you hope he ends up better than Russell Crowe in gladiator. Uh, Bruce Bochy said Pence is one of his all-time favorite players to manage. Madison Bumgarner said Pence is one of his all-time favorite teammates. Steve Kerr has four key core principles in his approach to basketball. They are joy... Mindfulness, compassion, and competition. Well, Pence brought all of those by the bucketful. And you know it's a it's a lesson for fans too. It's easy to be negative because the product has not been good in the last couple of seasons. But you know what? You're still at the ballpark, enjoying a ball game. Life could be worse. And hopefully the Giants will be better next year. It's it's hard to believe they could be worse, at least offensively. And there is some hope for the future, but it might be a couple of years down the road. In the meantime, Hell, enjoy a ball game. As for Pence, he's in L.A. now, beginning working with hitting coach Doug Latta, who worked with Justin Turner, also worked with Mac Williamson and others. Pence wants to play winter ball, then latch on with a major league team next season. The hitting coach is key, because Pence waves too often at breaking pitches away. He doesn't barrel the ball up enough. 3.6% of his plate appearances this year, he barreled up a pitch. That's 218th in the majors. And you didn't need that stat to tell you what your eyes were telling you. So many tappers, so many infield tappers. That's where he got a lot of his hits because he's still got pretty good speed. And when he does barrel it up, he can hit some tape measure shots. He just didn't do it that often this year. He did hit 302 in his last 12 games. So that along with a swing change and the fact that he is still in pretty good shape at the age of 35 might earn him a look somewhere next year. Thumb sprain on April 3rd really set him back this year. So It's fair to say, give the Reverend one more chance somewhere. Uh, And the Reverend was a nickname he gained after his fire and brimstone speeches in the 2012 postseason. It's one of those things that analytics cannot measure. And everyone associated with Pence talks about how his positive attitude spreads to others. Of course, if he wasn't a productive player who brought the tangibles for a few years, we wouldn't know about the intangibles because nobody would care if the last guy on the bench was making speeches. I mean, you could tell right away that Pence brought something unique to the ballpark, and and not just because he arrived on a scooter. I stood there with reporters at his locker the very first afternoon he arrived on the Giants' uh, scene after being traded from the Phillies for Tommy Joseph, Nate Scherholz, and Seth Rosen. That worked out pretty well. Uh, Pence definitely had a different outlook to baseball and to life, and you could tell it right away. Very holistic view. And that was also clear to me when I did a Giants hot stove radio show and spoke about uh, seeing the movie The Life of Pi, he had just come out of that movie when we did the uh, the radio interview. And he was heading off to eat, not steak, not Taco Bell, but pho. We found out how much he liked kale, how much he liked coffee, and how much he liked the fans. And the feeling was mutual. Good luck, Hunter Pence. You know, he's not the only guy linked to the championship years who may have played his last game with the Giants. Joe Panic, who arrived at second base in 2014 and helped them win a World Series, including that memorable diving stop off the bat of Eric Hosmer to start a double play in Game 7. He became an All-Star, a Gold Glover, but last couple of years, setbacks due to injuries, including concussions. He accounted for the Giants' first three runs of this season, though, with solo home runs. looked like it was going to go gangbusters. In fact, uh, he was the first player to account for his team's only runs with home runs in back-to-back one nothing wins. Against Clayton Kershaw and Kenley Jansen. Not too shabby. He hit one homer the rest of the way, though. A season interrupted by thumb surgery, a groin injury, and then he was benched against lefties. He couldn't even generate a 500 OPS against lefties. So, very frustrating. And I talked to Joe Panic over the weekend. It might be, might be his last stint with the Giants as well. We have Joe Panic on the Triples Alley podcast. First of all, Joe, if uh, there's a word or phrase to describe this year for you, what would it be? roller coaster
2: um you know you know ups and downs uh it's been an interesting year uh i think you know with the team and you know personally everything is it's like i said up up and down not sure what you're gonna get um it's been uh that's baseball you know as as it is in life you know you're gonna have your good times bad times and uh it's just about
0: you know riding the wave and you know just being able to deal with it well your five year career is kind of a microcosm of all that isn't it you got and you know in baseball you've got to learn how to take those
2: those ups and downs yeah it'll drive you crazy sometimes uh you know you'll have your good moments and then there'll be some things that you know happen that you're not expecting and you have to you know you just have to deal with it so it's uh you know ha- hasn't gone the way you know i don't think anybody hoped this year uh but you know what you got to got to take the good with the bad and that's that's really what it's about you can't just be a guy that takes all the praise you got to take the you know the bad with the good so uh you know looking forward to you know uh you know finishing off the season strong
0: and then uh you know look forward next year well this particular weekend you have something to play for i mean it's not the playoffs but i mean being a spoiler is is better than nothing i guess
2: yeah you know it gives a little extra juice uh extra juice to the weekend uh anytime you play the dodgers it's always you know added energy and whatnot but um Yeah, you know, they're they're playing for something, Uh, you know, they're playing for the postseason. So for us, it's, you know, gives us a little extra edge, you know, out there to, you know, give a little something. Could be a three-way tie at the end of this
0: and guys, you know, playing extra games on Monday.
2: Yeah, I mean, you never know with these scenarios. Um, You know, it's crazy when, you know, like one game separates three teams and, yeah. going into the last weekend because anything can happen, and with the wild one-game wild card, you don't know. You know, teams can be flying all over the place, so it makes for an interesting scenario. How are you feeling compared to the end
0: of previous seasons?
2: Um, you know what? You know, I, I feel normal. You know, you know, for you know season that it is. You know, I'm feeling you know about you know as normal as you know you do at this time compared to other years.
0: I know you're in the moment right now, but as your mind kind of wandered to, to the future, what may happen here,
2: uh, whether you come back next year? Honestly, I haven't even thought about that. That's something, you know, uh, come come Monday, come October, you know, when I get back home, that's when you start thinking about those things. I'm not thinking about anything other than, uh, you know, taking care of business tonight. That's how I've always been. And, um, you know, whatever wherever the future lies, it lies. I mean, that's something I th- you, know, you can't control. And uh, for me, that's something I'll, you know,
0: that's something for the offseason. It might be the uh, last time we see Hunter Pence here in San Francisco in a Giants uniform. So he was playing behind you there in right field for these last few years. What's that been like? Uh, awesome. I mean, you know, one of the best teammates
2: you could ask for. Um, a guy that plays, you know, with all of his heart and soul. I mean, he leaves leaves it out there on the field and. Uh, being able to play, be, play, play with him for you know since 2014, it's you know been it's honestly been a pleasure. I mean, um, like I said,
0: you're not going to find a better, more genuine person than him. What what difference does that make? That positive energy. I mean, this is an age of sabermetrics and analysis and so forth. This is such an intangible thing we're talking about with Hunter, as well as the tangibles.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, unfortunately, I know with all the numbers out there, you can't put a number as to you know. What he brings to you know the other guys, to um, the energy he brings to every day. You know when things aren't going good, he's you know he you know he just. Um no, he just lifts everybody up, so you can't put a number on it. But you know, for the guys that played, have played with him and are playing with him now, they, they know what he brings to the table.
0: All right, well, Joe, uh, hopefully the future has some more playoff games in the future and stuff like that for you, because I know it was fun when you were doing it.
2: Yeah, for sure, yeah, that's, you know, that's why we play. Um, you know, it's playing until October. So, you know, going forward, that's you know, that's always been the goal. All
0: right, good luck, Joe.
2: Thanks, Ray, appreciate it.
0: Joe Panic, also with a shout out to Hunter Pence. The problem for Panic going into this offseason is his salary could hit close to $5 million in arbitration. And you didn't see a player that was giving you that kind of production this year. That could make him a trade candidate. What can you get from him? Hard to say. But he's still relatively young. He'll be 28 uh, coming up in a few weeks. Uh, less likely, they could non tender him and make him a free agent. But it all comes down to whether a healthy Panic in his age 28 season, is worth committing the money, or if they can find an upgrade. And there will be a few upgrades out there, but they could be far more expensive. All I know is, and once again, I'll I'll admit my bias to this, uh, Joe Panic is one of the best guys on that team. He was always very accommodating with me, as you heard just then, and I'm sure honest with himself as well. So he's going back to New York for the offseason and kind of figure things out, and some things may be figured out for him. Uh, last weekend brought a, another close to, to one of my favorite Giants stories of the championship era. While we're not sure about Joe Panic, we do know this is it with the Giants for Gregor Blanco. He was designated for assignment after uh, two months to start the season, then accepted assignment to Sacramento, and here he was, back with the team uh, after the season-ending uh, shoulder surgery for Steven Duggar. Uh, Blanco arrived in 2012 on a minor league contract and ended up with two rings, and an unforgettable diving catch in Matt Kame's uh, perfect game. So if this is the end, Gregor Blanco still has a lot to be grateful for. Here we go. It's the end of the line here, but uh, it it might be your last time in San Francisco, and you've got something to play for this weekend. But, I mean, does your mind kind of wander about all the great moments you've had here?
3: Oh, yeah, man. Like, uh, I was uh, the other day. I was playing uh, center field uh, a couple of days ago and, uh, and uh, all I was thinking was like, look, look at this beautiful view that you have right now, you know. like I, I want to just picture it in my mind for the rest of my life because, I, like we say, I don't know what's going to happen, you know, I don't know what's going to happen uh, next year, I don't know if I'm going to come back, I don't know if I'm going to retire, I don't know what's, you know, I just got to see, find out. Uh, where, where the the the, uh, the the future take me, you know. Uh, uh, but I think w- w- whatever decision I make, uh, I will I will be a hundred percent grateful for everything. So
0: when you think about your journey just to get here and how it all happened, and then what happened while you were here, it's it's almost like found money.
3: Yeah, man. I know that's why you know. Like I cannot ask myself. Or the baseball gods, you know, like uh, anything more. You know, I think one one of the things that I still want to accomplish is just trying to make it to the those ten years in baseball. You know, I think that's my my main goal. You know, uh, and uh, but if it doesn't happen as a as a baseball player, I'm, I want to try to do as a coach or something like that. You know, so uh, but uh, definitely, is I, I feel blessed. I feel I'm grateful for my career. Uh, it's been a, a hell of a journey. Yeah. It's been so fun, great. And I think I've I have, I have accomplished a lot of things that I never thought that I, I was gonna do it. So uh, I just really proud of myself. And I always say to myself like, you should you should be thankful for the career you have. A 10-year pension
0: is pretty nice.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's everybody's dream, man. I'm yeah. I'm right there, man. So I'm just trying to see like grinding it out and, 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 and see if I can make it. Got to play
0: alongside this guy, Hunter Pence. Have some thoughts about him and his time here in San Francisco?
3: Yeah, man. It's uh, since Hunter since honor got here, he made me a, a a better player. I look I look to him. I look myself into him because he's one of those players that uh, that uh, everybody knows. You know, I think. Honor uh, is not the, great, the greatest ball player. He's not. He, he he might he might not have the best tools. He not, he not he might not have the best swing, or the or the, or, or the best approach in, in, in the field. But I think the, the heart that he play in the game and the desire that that he come out every day and the hundred percent that he give every single day and uh, the love for the for the game he just inspire everybody.
0: Well, that kind of spreads, doesn't it? That that yeah. sort of infection, yeah, infectious infectious yeah. energy.
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, he's uh, he's one of those guys that uh, he definitely like, look 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 out for for uh, for everybody. Always trying to to have the same mindset and uh, and uh, push everybody to be to be the greatest. So uh, he's definitely. As I remember, I told him like he's my favorite my favorite player ever because just just because. I, my, myself, I grew up the, the same way. Uh, I have to fight, like, a lot to, to be in the position that, that, that I have through, through my years in baseball, and uh, it's, we, we know it's not easy. So, uh, as a hundred pence it just, it just, it just unbelievable.
0: Well, Gregor, best of luck to you, whatever you do. Hopefully, you're still playing. I know you could
3: coach. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate
0: it. And by the way, Bruce Bochy said Gregor Blanco would make an outstanding coach, and I do believe that. Uh, A lot of great moments with the Giants. Of course, there was the time he played hockey goalie on Alex Gordon's hit in uh, the ninth inning of Game 7 in 2014, but hey, Madison Bumgarner picked him up. And Blanco was a very good defensive center fielder. He had a 306-game errorless streak. As for Bumgarner, thinking about the possible end of the line with the Giants, that's going to be the big question in the off season with a new general manager coming in. He lost to the Dodgers Friday night, three to one. Ended up six and seven with a three point two six ERA and a bit of decline in his peripheral numbers. And reporters asked Bumgarner how he assessed his season.
1: When you look at the overall numbers. Are you happy
4: with your season? How do you judge it?
2: I don't know. I mean, there a few starts in September. I'd like to, to. Be able to go back and and do again, but we can't do that. So um, I don't know. I'd like to add a full one. Besides that, I mean, I don't know that there's anything to address just yet. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll see. We'll see what happens or what don't happen. You know, I don't really know.
0: And nobody really knows the future for Bumgarner until the next general manager is hired. And that person may not know either, not yet. But pregame Sunday, Executive Vice President Brian Sabian said Bumgarner's status is heavy in the equation as they search for a new GM. So they're definitely going to get their thoughts on that. It is the elephant or the horse in the room. He could potentially upgrade one part of the roster while temporarily weakening another. Although I've said, the Giants, the one thing they can do every year is attract a free agent starting pitcher. And they also have to try to re-sign Derek Holland, who had a very good year, especially in the second half. But the new GM has to consider Bumgarner. That's that's front and center. And here's why they could rebuild and reload at the same time. They've already found out some things about young players like Aramis Garcia, Derek Rodriguez, Andrew Suarez, Reyes Maranta. Looks like Steven Duggar, as far as Bruce Bochy is concerned, is the leadoff man in center fielder next year, so we'll see how that goes. But it shouldn't take much to upgrade a lineup in which Andrew McCutcheon, who left in the final month of the season, was traded to the Yankees. He led the team and runs batted in with 55. 55! Double nickel! The 1968 Dodgers, one of the very worst offensive teams I have ever seen Their leading RBI guy was Tom Haller, the former Giants catcher, with 53. That team didn't even average three runs a game. That was pretty much the Giants in September. 55, the leader in runs batted in. Yeah, they had injuries, but as we pointed out in previous podcasts, strong organizations can backfill for injured players and stay afloat, like the Dodgers did this year. And Sabian pretty much agreed Sunday. He said the roster wasn't strong enough. Quoting here, that lays on the baseball operation department, including myself. And that's why I said when Bobby Evans was fired, the blame goes all around. So when injuries caved in the team and they fielded a 4A lineup, you saw what little margin for error they had. At the same time, a creative GM could find some young, less expensive talent to upgrade for now and for the future. You can upgrade this roster, I think, pretty quickly. That's not saying much, but you can do it. But also mix in veterans whose contracts are going to keep him here. And you can hope they, they still contribute in their 30s. We don't know about Buster Posey yet. He's coming off hip surgery. He said it was a bit more complicated than first thought, but he's recovering well. So you hope he can come back behind home plate next season. But there's no guarantee of that. You might have to plan for him not being ready to catch right away. And even if his swing again becomes more powerful, he had five home runs this year. Uh, And he just couldn't, he didn't have a base to which to drive the ball with his hip problems. But even if he uh, gets a swing that is more powerful once again, I don't see him as that middle-of-the-order hitter, unless he's hitting 325. Lots of names being tossed around for the next general manager. Kim Ang in the Major League Baseball office, Royals assistant GM Scott Sharp. Brewers Assistant GM Matt Arnold, Blue Jays Vice President of Baseball Operations Ben Charrington, just a few of the names. Uh, As we said earlier in a previous podcast, the new GM will have to be versatile, a mix of old school and new age analytics. And, And the Giants have had that tug of war in their front office themselves, but they are turning more toward the modern look at the game. That person has to be able to build for now and for the future. Understanding numbers, understanding scouting, and understanding people, and getting players who connect with teammates and fans. That's a a big ask. So the new general manager, as we've mentioned, is going to have to have some broad authority to make that happen, and it sounds like that's the direction the Giants are going. And there is a human side of the game, as long as it's played by humans. I'm not ready for artificial intelligence yet. And speaking of the human side, not only did Hunter Pence say goodbye over the weekend, but on Friday night, Will Smith was given the Willie Mack Award. That's a big honor in the clubhouse, although fans get a say in this, too. Uh, Will Smith told reporters that last year's winner, Nick Hundley, gave him the word Wednesday, and his family was flown in, and he was surprised.
4: Did it take you at all by surprise to, to hear that you won the award? Definitely, yeah. Um, I had no idea. Um, yeah, Hundo, Hundo got me Wednesday and told me after BP. And he's like, you know what you're going to say Friday? I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, you won the Willie Mac Award. I was like, wow, that's really cool you know it's, it means a lot because it's voted on by your teammates and coaches um, it, you know you're with these guys every day for seven months and for them to think that of you it's it's really cool to, to be to be that winner how does it feel to have name up there with all those guys out there you saw I don't know if it's sunk in yet it's but it's incredible I mean you saw all the people out there today all the past winners that weren't here but uh, you know just to to be in the same breath as, as Willie McCovey and, and win that award. It, it means a lot just from the kind of guy he is. In um, the past winners with it being HP and, and Craw and Hobby and Kaner and all those guys, it's it's really cool.
0: How much of that respect do you think you earned from these guys just by the way you were around and constant in you know, the last year when you could have disappeared, really?
4: I don't know. I don't know if that if that played a big part in it, but I know I wanted to be here. I couldn't have gone to Arizona and not, and not been around the guys. Um, you know, I love what I do. I love coming in here every day. I love playing with these guys every day. So it's just, it's fun for me. So to, to think of being in Arizona, when I found out I needed Tommy John, that's one of the first things I asked Gresh is, can I rehab here, please? Um, and they were fortunate enough to let me do that. Um, you know, Here and there, having to go to Arizona, not making road trips, I understood that. But for the most part, they let me be around the guys. And that helped a ton.
0: Are there teammates or moments during your recovery and rehab that you
3: remember specifically that helped you get through this?
4: Um, I know the day I found out I needed to have Tommy John, I was in Gresh's office feeling sorry for myself and all this stuff, and Buster came up to me and he's like, your responsibility to the team now is to get better, and I took it serious. Um, so that was a big a big moment right there was the day I found out when Buster told me that. And just along the way, random days, I would feel something here and there, and I'd go over to Strick or, or Osage or somebody that had already had it and ask them or Mark. Um, so those guys would just randomly help me through it. I can't tell you the – the exact day, but throughout the whole process, yeah, the, those guys in the bullpen helped me a ton.
3: Have you been able to provide similar support to other guys like Cueto that has had to deal with this? Um,
4: I talked to Johnny a little bit before he left, but I haven't seen him um, since he left. But, you know, we just, you know, it's, you know what you're getting into. It's a year. You just, you got to work your butt off, and, and it is what it is.
0: Do you think this uh, honor is also a guy showing appreciation for the journey you went through?
4: I guess maybe um, I'm not too sure I just you know during that journey I just showed up every day and did what I had to do um, didn't really try to think too much into it or, or get ahead of myself I just tried to take it day by day um, but yeah those guys I don't know if those guys know how much they helped me get through that it's nice
0: and Will Smith's numbers were nice too two and three ERA 14 saves 53 innings 37 hits 15 walks 71 strikeouts very solid year remarkable after coming back from Tommy John surgery though and he was a closer after Hunter Strickland punched a door and broke his hand following a meltdown against the Marlins as for the Strickland saga which seemed to take a a positive turn at the start of the year when he showed off a a new slider after working with John Smoltz looked like he would be their closer for the future that saga may come to an end. You know, uh, there's there's one thing about Strickland over his career. His anger has gotten the better of him at key moments, and it's hurt him and it's hurt his teammates. We all know about the Bryce Harper dust-up last year. Ended up uh, being a close to Michael Morse's Major League career as he collided with Jeff Samarja in that fracas on the field. And this year, Giants lose a relief arm when they were already taxed. Now, he apologized to his teammates He said to reporters he doesn't have an anger problem, but sometimes his emotions get the best of him. That would seem to be the definition of an anger problem. So hopefully he addresses that to continue his career. But the new general manager may come in and look at this and say, okay, this is a pretty talented player, but I can get a talented pitcher who doesn't put his hand through a door. So that bears watching in the offseason as well. All right, so I mentioned at, at the uh, kickoff of this podcast today that uh, we are part of the Blue Wire Network. And we've got several great podcasts here in the Bay Area, including Keeping It 300 with Fallon Smith and James Jones. little South Bay flavor there. I think they went to the same high school in uh, San Jose. And, of course, you remember Fallon from her work. Very energetic, always fun to watch, uh, covering the Raiders in particular for uh, Comcast Sports Bay Area. And James Jones got a Super Bowl ring. Led the NFL in touchdown receptions one year. Could definitely tell you about Aaron Rodgers, among other things in the NFL. It's going to be great conversation about sports, about the media, about dealing with uh, the media and players, uh, and, a, and a great perspective from both ends of the spectrum, from Fallon Smith and James Jones, keeping it 300. So definitely check that out on the Blue Wire Network. One more thing, and this is a big thing for veteran players. Uh, Gregor Blanco, in our interview, mentioned getting to 10 years of service time, either as a player or a coach. Uh, Under Major League Baseball's pension plan, fully vested players at 10 years can earn $68,000 a year if they start drawing the pension at age 45, $220,000 a year if they wait till age 62. I mean, it's not the big money that they're playing for now, but nothing to sneeze at. It definitely can keep you going in those years after you are a player or a coach. Uh, Clubs actually hold a little celebration in the uh, clubhouse when a player or coach reaches that milestone. And the union gives them special recognition as well as the fully vested status. And I believe Evan Longoria, Johnny Cueto, Nick Hundley, and Pablo Sandoval were up for that plateau This year, Blanco is at seven years and 142 days, and 172 days is considered a full season. So he's still got a couple years to go, and a lot of incentive for him to stay in the game. And I hope he does. You know who else reached the 10-year plateau this year? Sergio Romo of the Rays. Seems like yesterday just came up. Now he's a gray beard at the age of 35. That's what's up. All right, back next week, episode six of Triples Alley Report, and we could have something to report on in the way of news as the Giants continue to search for a new GM, although it sounds like it's it's going to be longer than that. It's going to take a few weeks to uh, get it done, and of course, you've got the general manager and winter meetings coming up in the next couple of months, so hopefully the Giants have somebody in place by that time, by next month at least, but uh, it could be a while. In the meantime, we'll keep on it. Very significant offseason for the Giants, and uh, we'll be back next week on the Triples Alley Report.